Welcome into In the Pen, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Cal Nelslinger. Warming up in the bullpen, as he always is, is Pitcherless' own bullpen expert, Rick Graham. Rick, we made it. Opening week is in the books. How did you enjoy the first week of baseball? It's been, I mean, I'm just glad it's back and we get, you know, real-time result, real results here. And um, it's been a pretty crazy week since we last did our did our last show so yeah there's a lot to kind of go over here yeah and the week was even better by the fact that my new york yankees took two out of three from your red Sox. i just have to throw that jab and we could spend this entire show talking about these two teams i really won't have any issue with that if you want to yeah i think uh i think we're gonna wait on that one just uh you know it's a work in progress but the pitching will come around i believe in it yeah, that was, a, that was a very entertaining series. A lot of really, really fun baseball. I watched a lot of baseball this weekend. I did yep. some school stuff and you know hung out with some people, but it was a lot of sitting back and watching some baseball, and I really don't regret a single second of it. Same. It felt good to just like you know sit around on a Saturday and just binge watch some games. Mm-hmm. And we were very active in the pitcherless Discord breaking down some of the reliever trends as it happened. So if you are interested in getting that real-time reaction to all the games, not just reliever talks, head over to pitcherless.com. Join PL Plus. It's a great community of people to talk baseball. It's very active. We'll hop in, chat some games live in person. We'll chat in the, the just in general channels. It's a great community. You want to yes. have that instant access to what people are thinking? There's plenty of that throughout. But we're going to jump right in as we talk about. We can talk about Yankees, Red Sox, all this thing, but you guys don't really want to talk about that. We want to talk about what happened with the bullpens throughout the league. And boy, was there a lot to break down. And it started off before we even get into it. I think we should start off with a trade that happened right before opening day. Taylor Rogers was traded to the San Diego Padres from the Minnesota Twins in exchange for Emilio Pagan and several players who are not relevant for this podcast on relievers. So we saw the trend with the Padres early on. Uh, Taylor Rogers is the clear closer in San Diego, but we should flesh out who the next guy up. If something was to happen with Rogers, who do you believe Melvin would turn to next just based off early season results in the first week? Yeah, I guess the answer would have been Robert Suarez and, you know, this trade puts a, you know, dampens all his value and he, he's, he struggled early on. It looks like Pierce Johnson might be, he's been, I think he worked eighth inning last night. Um, I think he might be the next in line, but you know, we still have Luis Garcia is going to come back. It's eventually, I think sometime this month, potentially. Um, so, and then Pomeranz in June, July. So there's, there's other options here. Um, but yeah, I'm gl- I'm happy to see Rogers like stick in the role. He deserves it. He's a really good, really good reliever. He he should be closing out games for someone. Yeah, he's very good. We saw that early on. He stepped right in and looked like his normal self after Robert Suarez was an absolute disaster on opening night against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sadly to us two who took him in our uh, podcast league draft, but luckily that didn't start until. The first day of the week on Monday. So we didn't get those stats. We're good. Yeah. We're set. 
But uh, yeah, we, we know that I would agree Pierce Johnson. Robert Suarez was brought in pretty early in his sixth thing, just trying to get him some work. So I think Melvin's going to try and ease him back up to that setup role. Eventually, I think he finds his way back there. So yeah. I wouldn't completely panic on him yet. But, you know, we know Rod job is Taylor Rogers. The bigger question, though, is who takes over Minnesota? There's plenty of options. We've seen some 100-mile-an-hour fastballs, some electric stuff from several guys. But it hasn't been... I don't think it's really been clear. Who do you, who are you buying in that Twins bullpen as in now? Well, I was so right after the trade, my first thought was it was going to go to a veteran, probably possibly Pagan, who just came over. Maybe Tyler Duffy. Uh, Duffy got the first chance. Absolutely, you know, coughed it up. Uh, so then I was thinking maybe Pagan will get the next one. But after last night, you know. Looking at watching Duran close out, it, it was a four-run lead, so it wasn't a save. But you know, it's still telling when they bring in, you know, someone to finish a game up four runs. I still feel like that's typically, you know, closers get that t- that 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 spot usually. So the fact that Duran came in in the ninth up four, I think, is telling me that he might get the next save chance there, especially with you know, Duffy's struggled already. Alcala, which just went to the IL, so it's really Duran Duran versus. Pagan. Yeah, and I think Duran would be the who I would lean towards just based on what you've said. Um we know the twins are gonna be good and they played in some close games. Byron Buxton's been great, but uh go get go get these guys, make sure they're rostered because twins are gonna have plenty of save opportunities and yes. there's a lot of a lot of excitement. Normally this will transition normally what we'll do at the start of these episodes is go through our biggest winner of the week and biggest loser in terms of value rising and falling in Rick's closer rankings, which you can find on pitcherlist.com and on his Twitter. And also he'll have the we'll have more reliever articles all throughout the week there. But what we want to go into now is but we wanted to start with that Taylor Rogers trade because it was such a bombshell that we weren't able to get into until this week. So that probably would be the biggest winner just because it's a whole new closer. But mm. based on the results of week one, Rick, who is your biggest riser in your closer ranks, biggest winner, however you want to term it? Who is who do you want to start off the show with? Sure. Yeah, I no nothing really changed up in the top half, but you know, down the bottom of the list we start to started to see a little more clarity with um you know, figuring out who was winning jobs where. And I think Right now, I'd say Anthony Bender, um, you know, getting the job in Miami. I think there's a real chance he holds on to it when Flora returns. So I feel like he's kind of a guy that I want to, you know, if he's still available in, in your league, you you got to think about scooping up now before, you know, he adds a couple saves and, you know, it's too late. Yeah, and, and for me, my biggest winner this week was David Robertson with the Chicago mm-hmm. Cubs. I think they made it pretty. It was that was one of these closers we broke down last week in terms of you know who's going. We got to dive a little bit deeper into the trends and things, but just in general, we kind of saw that he is the go-to guy for saves. He got the save on opening day. He was brought in in the ninth inning of a one-run game, down by one to keep the score save. He got the save on Tuesday as we're recording this show. So. This is the guy, he was the big fab spender in 15-team leagues, trying to get him as a, your reliever. I don't think anyone's coming from that job from him right now. I think he's got it pretty secure. Obviously, there's other guys who can take it away from him, but I think he's pretty safe as of right now. And I think that's this week helped take care of one 
very confusing closer situation out in Chicago. Yeah, I, and he got another save today. Yeah, it was a, it's a really, you know, it's nice to see that they're pretty much going givens in the eight, you know, givens to Robertson, and that looks like, you know, there's no timeshare there. It's it's Robertson's role to, to lose. Yeah, and we don't want to put a damper on things, but when it comes to people who rise in rankings, there's unfortunately going to be a faller. So, Rick, who's the biggest faller in your rankings this week or loses out a job, something like that? I have, I mean, I have a couple. That, I have two that I want to, I mean, Matt Barnes, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. He did pitch yesterday. The, he didn't allow any runs, but it, it wasn't the Matt Barnes that, you know, we're used to, you know, pre, you know, first half of last year. It's there's, he still looks like a shell of himself. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, take over, take the closer role back anytime soon. And then I don't know whatever's going on in San Francisco, which I, we might have to talk about in a, in a different segment, but I just, I don't know what's going on in San Francisco right now. So all, everyone there is kind of my loser for, for right now. Yeah, that's probably where I would have gone if my loser would have been, would probably have been Jake McGee because it's so confusing. But we'll we'll dive into that a little bit deeper. But yeah, that that confused. While Chicago cleared up their confusing situation, San Francisco, if it was even possible, made it even more confusing for us. So that's a huge loss off throughout the board for San Francisco relievers in general. Saves, leaves, and saves plus holds. You're set. You know they're going to be in there, but. And for just saves, we don't know who the go-to guy is, and that makes it very, very annoying. For sure. So that leads us into the next segment where we're going to go through some of the usage of these teams' bullpen, kind of go through teams. We're not going to go in-depth as to the obvious teams. We know Everyone who is obvious has gotten the saves, but if there's something that we do miss, feel free to reach out to us. You know, if, they, uh, if Trump does change, obviously we'll bring it up. But we want to go through some of the things that really caught our eye this week. So there's about seven or eight teams in each league that some interesting storylines from their pen and kind of dive into what that means. So we'll start off in the American League and we'll start just like we did with our early season previews with the Baltimore Orioles. We saw on Monday night them finally get their first save opportunity and it went to Jorge Lopez. It's one save opportunity, but does this clear things up? Do you want to see more? What's your, how are you attacking Baltimore now that we know that Lopez seems to be the guy? Yeah, I think there could be some real value here. And I mean, it's, it's Baltimore. So, you know, you're not going to get 25, 30 saves probably, but you know, last year there was, it wasn't, you know, there was a bit of a mix in the position. There was, you know, Solcer, there was Tyler Wells, um, Valdez early on. So if, you know, I, I think Lopez, he looked good. He looks good coming out of the pen. You know, he gets the fastball up to 99, 100. You know, he, he is, you know, your prototypical closer. I think if he can stick in the role for the whole year and there isn't, isn't really much competition, I, I, I could see there being sneaky value here and, you know, I don't know if he's like a must-add in 12-teamers, but, you know, 14-team, you know, deeper leagues, you know, saves plus hold. He's definitely someone to look at right now. I turned that game on against Milwaukee to see him in the save opportunity, to see what it has. And when he touched 99, I had that sudden thought in the back of my head, like, 
since when can Jorge Lopez hit 99 miles yeah. an hour? That was a, a big shocker to me. But like you said, he looked good, and I was able to snag him Sunday night in my TGFBI or one of my NFBC leagues might not have been TGFBI, but I was able to get him as a save speculation, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. So I, I would agree. I don't think anyone, Dylan Tate didn't really impress no. too much. I think Lopez has this job as secure as your job can be in Baltimore, but I, I would agree if you are in a deeper league and he's still sitting out there, he's someone you should be jumping pretty soon to go grab because he won't be out there much longer, though it's Baltimore and there may not be too many save opportunities, but it seems like they have their guy pretty pretty set. Yeah, he's definitely the guy for now. The next guy we want to talk about is Jake Beekman with the Boston Red Sox. You know, we saw on Sunday, Sunday night, on primetime, primetime, he looked incredible. He struck out Judge Stanton and Gallo, back to back to back. Got picked up the save in the Red Sox alone win of that entire weekend series. But like you said, Matt Barnes didn't impress you too much. So what's going on with Boston? How do you, I guess, first talk about Jake Diekman and then just in general, what's your opinions now on this Boston bullpen? I'm still trying to I I put I added Deekman to my list this week as the closer for Boston but I'm it's very tentative I don't know you know it could be I guess it's probably going to be Deekman getting the next save opportunity just because it's not going to be Brazier it's not going to be some of those other guys so I think for now he's he has the job what that means I know Alex Cora has said that he wants you know he wants Barnes to work himself back into the role which I think any Red Sox fan, you know, myself included, wants to see him work himself back into the role. But right now he's not at that level where he needs to be. So I guess it's wait and see on Barnes. And, you know, for Deakman's value, I don't think he's... I think I'd rather take a chance on Jorge Lopez, honestly, mm. which doesn't sound appealing taking the, you know, Baltimore closer over the Red Sox closer. But I just... I think there's something that's going to have to give here where the Red Sox are going to... I don't think Deakman's the long-term answer for this season, you know. Um, so whether it's Barnes gets it back in there or they make some sort of other move, I tentative on Deakman, you know, being a real answer there. What do you do with Garrett Whitlock? If you used him on Tuesday out of the bullpen, I believe you threw four yeah. innings, got the win, but he was in for the final inning kind of sort of piggybacking off Rich Hill, but then as the game, they had the lead, they just stuck with him instead of going to some other relievers. Is that a name to that's going to be in that back-end mix, or is he kind of more of the fireman type to get the hold rather than the save? It, it looks it, it, look, it looks kind of like he's going to be doing what he did today for the, the foreseeable future, you know, coming in after guys like Rich Hill or, you know, Michael Walker go four innings and give them, you know, finish off the game. And that's good. It's still very valuable. Like, you know, he's going to get a ton of wins possibly, you know, I don't think he's going to get saves or holds potentially like he did last year, but there's right now he's the most valuable non-starter, you know, in that, in that pitching staff. Yeah, I would agree. In your holds leagues, he's definitely worth it. He's going to be right in the middle of it. I, I do see him in, that mix kind of eating into some of Deakman's value because he's so valuable in that back end. They could 
just go an inning in, or two innings from him, eighth and ninth, yeah. and get the save, especially if the meat of the order is coming up for an opposing team. But then again, Diekman did just dominate the Yankees' meat of their order in on Sunday, so maybe it's not as big of a, a deal as I'm expecting. But I'm still not panicking. If you if you speculate on Whitlock for saves, I may still stash him out of hope because Jake Diekman's not the epitome of consistency in that back end so I could see Whitlock eating into some saves and still carving himself a very important role in that pen yeah that you I mean you nailed it there it's I I don't know what Whitlock's role is going to be but I feel like he just needs to be rostered and you know standard 12 teamers at this point whatever it is he's going to get wins possibly saves ratios help you know K help so yeah Whitlock's the guy to own here and sticking with the AL East we talked about this team as, hey, maybe for once they're actually going to be consistent with their pen and that we have a closer. We can maybe feel confident about this. How stupid were we for thinking that with the Tampa Bay race? Andrew Kittredge has been used for a save, but then he was brought in for the eighth and JT Chargo was leading to it. Fire Eisen has been used. Rick, to help me make sense of this raise bullpen that we for were stupid to even think was actually going to have a solid, consistent closer. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just the Rays are raying early on, and it's what we've come to expect, even though, yeah, I thought, like, you know, no Fairbanks, no Anderson, maybe Kittredge would be used, like, in a in a more specific, you know, late-inning role, but, you know, Brooks Raley's the one getting the first, first save, and it's, like, who knows from here on out, so I still like Kittredge, I he came in to the eighth inning of that game to face, you know, the top of the order, the middle of the order. So like, he's going to be, if the ninth inning, you know, if the two, three, four hitters are coming up, Kittredge would probably get the ninth. So there's still value there. He's still the person to roster, but I don't, it's still going to be a headache and it's going to, you know, it's going to be frustrating at times, but you just have to know that, you know, going in. Is the headache at least a little bit clearer now that Shargo is, was added to the injured list earlier today? Or yeah, I, I, not again, really. It's still Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's that's like I thought with Fairbanks. Okay, it gets a little clearer now. Shargo, it's but who knows? They they you know brought up Ryan Thompson, who was like pretty really. He, Ryan Thompson was really good for them last year, and he was starting the year in AAA. So like it wouldn't shock me at all if he gets into the eighth and ninth inning mix right off the bat, and they just seem to be able to churn churn out relievers like high leverage relievers and. It's all the same result, typically. We talk about this next team right at the top of the show with Taylor Rogers trade, and we s- briefly discussed it, but I want to dive in a little, just a little bit more deeper as their next team on this list. Um, you talked about how it's between Duffy and Duran kind of in that mix. Uh, let's dive a little deeper. But what did you see this past week with how the Twins used, it, uh, used their pen and who seems to be emerging more in that in that pen the trend's definitely leaning towards duran and you know even i'll, I'll call it just went to the il but before that he wasn't he was working the sixth seventh inning duffy had the save the one save chance and then i think he came back and he worked earlier in the, the last game he pitched in pagan hasn't really he's worked i think the eighth inning so I think Duran pitching the ninth last night and just like just eyeball, eyeball test, you know, 
he has he is the guy with the closer stuff there. He, you know, big fastball, you know, good breaker. He, you know, everything's telling you he should be the guy, but it's still, you know, it's teams don't always use their best reliever in the closer role, especially nowadays. So I had hesitations, but it looks like, you know, if they're going to trust Duran in the ninth inning, then, you know, he is, you know, top 10, top 12, at least, you know, rest of the season potential. Yeah, I actually wrote the nastiest pitches from Monday night, and it took so much out of me to not put Duran in the back column. Just looking at that pitch he threw, I can't remember the batter off the top of my head now, but I wanted to get him in so bad. There's so much nastiness going on on Monday night that I couldn't get him into the article, but his stuff is electric. He has that closer stuff. He has the pedigree too, as a former top 10 prospect in Minnesota's system, according to fan graphs. So mm-hmm. all that signs up to him. It's no, it's just one of those pens. You really want to keep an eye on because you know, as we sit here recording this, they are in a tied game against the Dodgers. So maybe we, by the time we finish recording this show, it's still a six inning. So it may not get to that, but if we do get an update as we're recording this, maybe we'll, Gets a little bit more clarity, but it's just one you continue to track. And I, that should lead me to say we are recording this show on Tuesday night about nine o'clock Eastern. So there may be some developments we don't get to. Unfortunately, we can't record the show at past midnight Eastern. We both have stuff Wednesday mornings and we're unable to record. So record that late. But you know, if some huge development comes out, we'll break it down live on the podcast. But, you know. We, you may hear us reacting live to a person coming in to get a save at some point. Yeah, I I would love to see Duran coming into the ninth tonight again, but I think he's still like if, if you're in a twelve team or that like saves are hard to come by. He's definitely it's now's the time to take a shot, and you know if you have like a bench outfielder that's you know off to a slow start, maybe you know maybe you make the switch there. Um, I just I. You don't want to miss out on Duran, I think. Yeah, he's very high on Duran. You said top 10 upside, you think, if he was to get the job? Yeah, in that bullpen with his stuff, I it kind of reminds me of like Edwin Diaz when he came up. And mm. like, you know, he was starter turn reliever and just, you know, two two really plus pitches that, he, you know, he's still make that's still like, you know, allowing him to be a top you know, five closer in the game. So I feel like Duran's kind of in that same mold. Yeah, you hear it. Go get Duran if he's out there. Don't let him sit out on your wire much longer. And speaking of top 10 upside, the next guy in this list, we were confident with having the job. But the early results weren't too exciting. Ryan Presley and his save opportunity was down, I believe, two miles an hour on some of his pitches, which is a big difference. Are you concerned at all? I know you said you haven't dropped anyone. There hasn't been any drastic changes in your ranks, but... Have you lowered Presley at all due to this concern, or what's what? Where does your level of concern for him at right now? Right now, it's not. It's like a mo- I'm monitoring it. It's not. I haven't. You know, I kind of I put out the closing time today and kind of just talked about how it's you know, obviously it's still too early to make drastic changes, especially in the top. You know, where you know Presley's been a consistent closer now for more than you know for two plus years, so. The velo concerns are concerning. It doesn't seem like the team's too concerned, which makes me feel a little bit better about it. But yeah, like right now he's down 3.1 miles per hour at his fastball Ooh. from last year. So 
that's like, like that number jumps out a little bit. And he did get a little. He was slow. Had a slow start to spring training, but it's definitely something I think we needed to like. We need to you know put out there and just you know monitor it and see if it starts ticking up because. You know, we've seen like guys like Ken- Kenley Jansen in the past has been a slow starter and the velo ticks up, you know, as the year goes on. There's a lot of guys like that. So just something to monitor. And, you know, right now his job is safe. But if he starts having some bad outings that velo doesn't doesn't come back up, then, you know, we might be talking about, you know, Hector Neris as the new closer of the, the Astros. If you're in a 15-team league or 16-team, one of those deeper leagues we talk about, do you speculate on Neris now? Do you grab him now and just hope it? Or do you wait a little bit longer and not waste the roster spot on something that can ultimately not turn into anything? Uh, That's a good question. I think it depends on really what's out there and what your roster looks like. I think it might be a little too soon. to. Um, There's probably other options that are more interesting. But... Yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. If like next week, two weeks from now, he's still, you know, three miles per hour lower on his fastball, then yeah, I, I might I might look to add Naris in a deep, you know, fifteen, sixteen teamer. So the next we'll transition over to V Seattle Mariners. We know that it's gonna be a confusing situation. And it didn't change at all. Everyone gotta save over the past week or so, except the one guy we were most excited about with Paul Seawald. So, Rick, with Seattle, it continues to be this confusion. Has anybody emerged to you as the top guy in that pen, or is it just, do you are you putting people ahead of Seawald in terms of your favorite in that pen, or what are you, what are you thinking about this pen? Yeah, it's, you know, I was, I was just thinking, like, the other day that it's going to be, like, a 30... 33% split between these three. And then I forgot, well, Ken Giles is going to come back in the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So that just adds another layer. And, you know, what if, you know, Andre, if you know, like if he starts, you know, having, if he gets on a hot streak, then they start trusting him more late innings. It's, it's really, I don't think anything's changed. It's just, it's a little frustrating that Seawalt hasn't gotten a save chance. He did like Kittredge. He did, work the eighth inning against the you know the the meat of the order so to speak when second rider got his save so i think that you know that's seawall's kind of in that catcher's range where he's going to get the best hitters at the end of the game whatever inning that is you know it's going to go to him so it eventually it will be the ninth you know occasionally it will be the ninth so i still like seawall the most here mm-hmm. followed by i think castillo just has you know his huge upside with his strikeout percentage. He got a save this weekend as well. And second rider, I guess in deeper leagues, sure, but I'm just not I think he would he worked the seventh inning today, eighth inning. Yeah, have yeah, me check for you. So it's they're they're all over the place, but you know, I still think I don't think anything's changed. It's just unfortunately it's gonna be this committee that we had heard it was going to be. Yeah, it's going to be confusing. I think I would probably rank it the the same way. Yeah, I'm looking at this now. Second Rider worked the seventh in today's loss to the White Sox in a... It was a... I do math here. They were down by one run, and then Diego Castillo came on and pitched the eighth. I can't see who the, uh, who the batters they had to face were, but you know, it's something to continue to monitoring. This committee not has not gotten 
any clearer in the past week. And the the final team that I wanted that is worth mentioning in the American League is the Texas Rangers and Joe Barlow. They Barlow got the first save chance, blew it. Where does that leave him? There's other options. We talked about Greg Holland and that pen is someone that's going to probably eat into it, but he hasn't exactly looked so so great. So where do you sit with Joe Barlow? Is he still the go-to guy for Texas, or is somebody else going to going to be emerging soon? Yeah, it's really... I mean, they haven't gotten much from Holland or Matt Bush or New Josh Spores. It's, it looks like it's... I, I think Barlow's still... After all, you know, that was all the talk of, you know, Barlow not getting, not being the closer. It looks like he's still by default the best option there, at least until, you know, midseason when we get Jonathan LeClerc or Jonathan Hernandez and Jose LeClerc back. Um, but for the next two months, I feel pretty confident that Barlow's going to get the save chances there. Um, but it's just. You know, I still I think I'd rather take a chance on a Duran or, you know, Bender over him at this point. Yeah, he hasn't looked great as we're recording this. Greg Holland actually just got brought in in the fifth inning down by one run against Colorado. So it seems like he's worked himself out of any sort of interest in that late inning role for this team. But so it, it does seem Barlow's a guy I would agree that. There's other names that are worth monitoring when they come back from the injured list, but right now I feel more confident than I was at the beginning of the year that he'll get the job, which is weird to say because he's probably been he's not been so good, but same I feel pretty confident that he's going to continue to get the opportunities. Will he execute on them? That is another story. But we're gonna take a quick break and before we head over to the National League and break down some of the Trends have taken place in the National League bullpens. And we're back here on the In the Pen podcast. We're going to move over to the National League bullpens. This one's not on our list, but I want to at least get this out of the way. You mentioned Kenley Jansen's velocity concerns. Otherwise, he had a rough debut for the Atlanta Braves, but he said there hasn't been much change in ranks. Do you have any concern with Kenley Jansen right now after his rough start to the season? Not yet. I, you know, I think like Jansen tends to be a slow starter. Um, I mean, Will Smith did come and get a save and look pretty good, but I still think that, you know, they just shelled out a lot of money for him. They're going to give him multiple opportunities to, you know, hang on to that closer role. So I'm not, I'm not concerned with, with Jansen yet. Yeah, I think in anything, it just cemented that Will Smith is the next guy up. Will Smith is definitely a must-own in uh, saves plus holds league as the next guy who's going to be directly getting the ball to the Kenley. He's looked very good so far, as he always does, and is someone you need to have on your roster. But I would agree, I don't have any concern about Kenley going forward. If it continues within the next... If by next week we're still talking about Kenley's struggles, maybe you start having a deeper conversation about that. But I would agree right now it's not really anything being concerned about. The next guy on the list is your winner, biggest winner from the beginning of the show, and it's Anthony Bender with the Miami Marlins. He seems to have cemented his role. He was your biggest win, but let's dive a little deeper. What's impressed you the most with uh, with Bender in Miami? And you know, has he? clearly broken away from these other 
guys in that in that pen? I think when you when you talk about you know the prototype, I guess it's and you know things are changing in the league, but like the prototypical closers, you know the fastball, breaking ball guy, whether it's a slider, curveball, you know it doesn't matter. But I think Bender is like that prototype with the you know good fastball with a very good like his slider is you know elite ish like for the most part. You know he had some some struggles with it last year at the end of the year, but. There's, you know, really, I think the ceiling for him is much higher than anyone else in this bullpen. I know they've added, you know, Cole Solcer is pitching right now in the eighth inning in the tie game. Um, and I like Solcer a lot, but I don't think, and that Floro is solid too. He's he's not bad. He's not, you know, electric, but he's he gets outs. He, you know, does his job. I still think, I love that decision that they made to go with Bender in the role because you know like a lot of times you see that they're not the team's not going with their best most talented reliever in the closer role but from fantasy you know purposes it it's great when you have the best reliever in the role and then you don't have to worry about you know rostering anyone else in that in that team who would be you know you mentioned Cole Sultzer and some of the names you mentioned Floro if they decided to move away from Bender. Who is the, who's kind of emerged as the, the guy you'd want next if something were to happen to Bender if he starts struggling? Who should managers put on their watch list or keep an eye on that pen? I wor- I worry a little bit with Floro coming back that he's he might you know madly trusted him last year and he was pretty good. He wasn't he didn't do anything to lose the job really, but he you know nothing spectacular that like stuck out with like oh he needs to be the closer. But um, that's the one who that's the guy who really worries me the most there. Um, yeah, I think the way that they're using the rest of their their bullpen, it's really you know what happens when Floro comes back. Yeah, and we talked about some of the injuries that moves us over to the next team on the list, and it's the Philadelphia Phillies. We thought it was a consistent pen, and it is Corey Knable seems to be the guy, but he was just placed on the COVID IL, and so we're recording this on Tuesday. It seems like it could be a short-term stint, but if you're in a, a daily leagues and want to speculate on the, some saves, who would be who would be the guy to get these next couple saves for Philadelphia while Knebel is working his way back? Yeah, I, Brad Hand looked pretty good against the Mets. I I wonder if that was you know him being a little bit more locked in against you know his former team that he kind of struggled with last year, but I, Brad Hand looked pretty good. Um, and I wasn't, I was about ready to write off Brad Hand after last or the middle of last year. So it was kind of it was good to see him, you know, that his breaking ball is his fastballs, you know, sitting ninety three, which is pretty good to see. Breaking ball looks good again. I feel like, you know, the closer experience is there. I wonder if 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 Knable does miss a little bit more time and Hand gets another save or two, if we start worrying about some sort of committee here. Yeah, I hope so. I hope not. I mean, I think yeah. Knable, it, it's like you said, it sounded like a, a short-term stint on the, on the IL, but you never know for sure, so... Take a daily move speculation on a uh, on Brad Hand. He, like I said, he did look good. I he would be the first guy up in my mind with that pen. There's always the guys that they like, but the trends seem to be going his way. But hopefully, it is just a 
short-term thing, and we can get another bullpen that way we know for sure who's going to be getting the saves, which is the complete opposite of the next team that we're going to talk about with the Washington Nationals. Tanner Rainey got the save in there, save so far for them, but you still seem to have some concerns with him. I know we, we liked him and on our early shows, but you know, where do you stand on Rainey now that he's getting saves in Washington? I mean, I lo- you got to love the usage and the fact that they're trusting him in the ninth, but there's still some concerns here with the, you know, he had a really rough spring with command issues and then his velo still down from where it was, you know, two years ago. And I just, I want to believe that Tanner Rainey is going to A, be the closer and B, you know, be that 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 reliever he was, you know, just a few years ago that strike had the high, one of the highest strikeout rates in baseball. Um, I just don't see that. I don't know if that's going to happen. So we might get some sort of a, you know, like half rainy. It's just going to be like a. He's, he's not going to be the, the rainy we thought he was. But if he's still closing out games, then I guess it's worth you know an ad especially in leagues where you know it's you it's desperate to find saves like there's still you know he's worth adding and if he does you know get that velo back up if he starts getting more swings and misses on his curveball then hey you get an elite closer potentially let's hope so i mean i wouldn't mind that and kyle finnegan hasn't shown anything that would be a threat to him for sure. I mean, he was the guy in the beginning of the season that even last week when we were breaking down these pens even more, we seemed to be buying more into Finnegan as the guy, but I'm happy we're wrong about that call because I think, yeah. like you said, Rainey has much more intrigue for fantasy purposes, but hopefully he can get his velocity. Hopefully it's a similar situation to Presley where it's just the early season velo dip, but it's worth monitoring. And you know, if we can have one more for sure closer in fantasy, I don't think anybody's going to be crazy, going to be complaining, which we seem to have with the next guy on this list is David Robertson, which is my biggest winner from the Chicago Cubs. Uh, he's been getting the save opportunities. He's gotten two saves so far for the Cubs, pitching the ninth inning of a close game in one of our losses. He seems to be a go-to guy, which is great. We have a, a solution to that. Are, are you going out, going crazy, trying to get David Robertson? How much trust do you have on that? And if you want to speculate on the next man up, if you aren't buying in the Robertson, who would that be for Chicago? Yeah, I think that he's definitely become, he is the, I, it's early, but still, you know, the first, the getting the, the first two save chances, I think is pretty telling. So it's, I mean, I typically, it's like a fault of mine that I have a little bit of a, like, you know, age bias where like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. more interested in chasing, you know, Bender or, you know, Art Warren or Tanner Rainey, but like, yeah, Robertson, I'm probably sleeping on Robertson a bit. He's, you know, he came back last year kind of out of nowhere, you know, pitched for Team USA and then the Rays picked him up and he had a pretty, pretty good year with them. The Cubs signed him and then all of a sudden he's closing out games that I think he's age 37 now and he looks good. He looks like the David Robertson of, I mean, you're a Yankees fan, you know how good he used mm-hmm. to be. So, yeah. It's 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 kind of fun to watch him like still being able to shut down teams in the ninth inning, and I think people need to you know make sure 
not to sleep on him, especially when you're in those deeper, you know, saves. Those leagues where saves are really hard to come by. He still looks like the same David Robertson. It doesn't look like he's aged at all. He still has the high socks. He's still pulling the Houdini axe that he always used to pull with the Yankees. It's crazy. I I don't think he's, I don't think he's aged at all. It's it's a safe guy for clay saves. Uh, Michael Givens seems to be the guy who you mentioned early in the show. They are seem to have a clear pen. It's going Michael Givens in the eighth, David Robertson in the ninth. So it's nice to know, and it seems like we have an answer for if Robertson falters, Givens seems to be the next guy up. So I might even in a fifteen team league throw Givens on the back of my bench, and because you know, like you said, I have a little bit of that age bias too, where. <laughs> You know, I I want to believe in David Robertson. I added him in some leagues, but you know, you don't know for sure if it's going to stick. It's Chicago. It's not a team that has that set closer, so I could see it pivoting soon. You mentioned Art Warren in terms of uh, the younger upside guys you like, and that kind of transitions us nicely into the the Cincinnati bullpen that's next on this. I have in the notes for the show, and I think it works perfectly. What in all caps? What on earth is going on in Cincinnati? I think outside of San Francisco, this is my second biggest headache right now is trying to figure out what is, yeah, what is going on here. Cause you know, Tony Santillian got the first save and there was, you know, he was warming up in the eighth when they were up four, which, you know, sure. But he did come in, he got the save. He looked good. So, you know, I thought maybe he, he's already talked about as being in the mix. So, you know, maybe he would get the next save. No, Art Warren does. And, you know, I love I love me Art Warren. I think Art Warren's the, the most talented reliever in this bullpen. Um, So, okay, he gets the save. I, you know, maybe he's the guy, you know, going forward. But then uh, he came in earlier in the game today. Hunter Strickland came in in the ninth and absolutely... Um, threw up all over himself, so to say. <laughs> and you know, I just kind—I think I'm just waiting for Lucas Sims to come back this weekend and hope that they just just give me some clarity once he's back. You know, like go to him in the ninth or go to Warren, whatever it is, one of those two. Just please. <laughs> so you you're looking for Sim? Is he the guy you most want now, or are you still buying Art Warren as your? If you've listened to the show, the brief history of our show, you know we are all very high on Art Warren. Is he the guy you want to roster? Who, if you had to speculate on it, who would be your guy? This is one of those situations where, like, I want to, like, if just looking at this bullpen, it's like, this is why you need to be in saves plus holds leagues because Mm -hmm. Warren and Sims are both really good pitchers. And, like, even, you know, Santillian's not bad either. I I think he's going to have a nice little like TJ Anton type role going forward here. But between Warren and Sims, the fact that no one's really outright won the job in the first, you know, week and a half or week, I feel like Sims is the favorite when he comes back and probably the one that probably, you know, if you're not stashing him already, when he gets back this weekend, I would definitely look to add him. Um, cause there's huge upside there with just, you know, the stuff he has and strikeout potential. And, you know, he can also go more than one inning, which for a team like Cincinnati, who might not win a ton of games, the fact that he can, you know, work multiple innings can help, help you. 
I'm getting afraid that Cincinnati is just going to be one of those teams that never names a closer and makes our... We kind of thought it would, thought it, but with the first week has done nothing but assure me of this thought that they're going to be one of those bullpens that drives us nuts all season and we try and figure it out and we just never do. I, I would definitely agree that Warren and Sims are two guys that are most interesting. I'm still saying Art Warren because I want my take to be right about Art Warren and he got the save, but him coming in the seventh on Tuesday was not a a great sign for that take, but I still want to think that Sims becomes that TJ Antone sort of guy and yeah. they ease him more back instead of moving him straight into the closer job. But, you know, maybe nobody emerges and then Sims just works his way back. And by the time we get here next week, we talk about, oh, Sims just took the job back because no one else ran with it. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm seeing it going right now. It's like, again, it's a frustrating situation and a reason why you should be playing and saves holds leagues which seems to be the case for the next team on this list with the Colorado Rockies we thought it was a you know a, fr- sim- a strong situation with Alex Colomay by the time we got to it last week we said maybe not so fast and maybe we've got a little bit more clarity Rick is is it more clear to you who's uh, the go-to guy for the Rocky saves that we don't want to touch I think I'm sorry, I just watched Edwin Diaz throw a change up to Bryce Harper and I'm kinda of in shock. But um <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you know, it looks like Bar I think they're pretty comfortable with Bard in the closer role here. Um and Colomay worked the eighth the last couple times. He has looked like like we expect Alex Colomay to look these days. Which is, you know, gets into trouble. Kind of gets out of it, still allows a couple runs, and you know Bard's still a home run threat, and he, especially not even just in Coors, he, you know, I feel like Daniel Bard's outings the last two years have been so similar to the one he just had, where it's like he looks great, and then just like one bad, you know, one bad pitch, just kind of all right, blown save, here we go, <laughs> like it's, I just, I hate, it, what was the, there hasn't really been a great Colorado closer. And for some time now, it's yeah. Bard had that one year, I suppose, two years ago, where it's like, oh, Daniel yeah. Bard. But um, yeah, I can't even think of a of Colorado closer I've been interested in rostering in recent memory since I played fantasy baseball. Yeah, I don't. They're gonna win more games this year probably than they did last year, sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I want to really find out who's going to get the most saves here and i think it's right now there's most of the people we've talked about already as far as being the closer for the team i would take over bard with the exceptions of maybe you know what's whatever's going on in boston and possibly san francisco yeah and we'll get to san francisco in just a moment but before we do i want to just dive slightly deeper into San Diego. We know Taylor Rogers is the guy and we talked about the trade at the top of the show, but you know, did this week prove to you about who the, how the pecking order is going to go in the back end to get the ball to Rogers. Like if you're in a saves holds league, which Padre reliever are you grabbing to get you those holds or is it still kind of a, a couple headed monster? Yeah, I'm, I, I really, I do like Robert Suarez. I think he has really good, you know, he's got the stuff to play up at, you know, high leverage late inning situations. 
but I think right for right now, Pierce Pierce Johnson's like a very underrated, under the radar reliever and doesn't really get enough, you know, love for he he's been good for since he came since the Padres signed him, you know, I think it was twenty twenty. And he's finally kind of it looks like he's kind of getting the, you know, eighth inning, he's getting the later innings where, you know, before he was a sixth, seventh inning guy now. They're trusting him more as they should, and he's for now with the injuries and who they have available. You know, Pierce Johnson's definitely the the second favorite reliever on that staff for me. I would I would agree with that. I still, like I said, I want to believe in Robert Suarez. He may work his way back up there, but for now, he's seems to be pretty down in the pecking order after a very very disastrous opening day where he allowed three base runners and didn't record a single out, walking two and hitting a batter. If I'm remembering it correctly yeah. that was uh that was rough to watch i was almost gonna message you and be like oh gosh why did we make that pick because it was literally a day after we picked him in the podcast league draft yep hey it was our last round pick well it was it was a good speculative we'd be failing the show name if we didn't speculate on a, on a reliever in the last round which we also did with the san diego padres camilo duvall or not padres san francisco giants but um I don't know if we should be regretting that now because that situation is also another one of those what in the world situations like we talk about the Reds. Rick, can you try and clear this up for me? Um, I guess I could try. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gabe Kapler is he did this back in Philly. He's kind of he plays games in the back of the bullpen. We don't. He loves to not to be, you know, secretive when it comes to who's going to be closing games. And right now, it's not even we can't even get a good read because he's using Jake McGee all over the place. He's using mm-hmm. the ball over the place. Dominic Leon gets the save. Next day, he works the sixth inning. Um, I mean, Tyler Rogers hasn't been. He's been all over the place. So the whole, you know, that whole back end of the bullpen is. Just it's unpredictable where they're going to be, you know, used on a game to game basis. So that makes it to me. It's like who who has at least the highest upside here, and that's probably Duvall. And I know he he got the first save chance, and he you know lit up the home run to um I forget who it was now, but yeah. it's just. It's tough to. It shouldn't be like he should be able to. He shouldn't. That shouldn't be the reason why he's not closing out games just because of one game. So I hope he gets another chance. But this could be a like a revolving door of you know whoever Gabe Kapler feels like on a certain day. Yeah. Which which situation are you most more comfortable with? If you had the if you had to take a red reliever or a giant reliever, which one are you more confident in? Right now, it's a one of the two Reds guys, um, and it's you know the Giants are probably going to win more games, and there's probably more value there. But I feel like there's a better chance that between Sims and Warren, one of those guys wins out than between you know McGee, Duvall, possibly possibly Dominic Leone, maybe Tyler Rogers, you know, sticks back into the ninth inning here and there. So. If I were ranking, I would probably go Sims, Warren, Duvall, McGee in that order. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, and that leads us into how we're gonna wrap up these shows. It's a little bit of what to watch for. 
we have so many situations that we just kind of broke down where they stand right now. But over the next week, a lot of things are going to be changed. And of course, we're going to be keeping our eye on several certain things. We want to give you guys some things to keep an eye on to try and stay ahead of your league mates. So over this next week before we do the next show, what are a couple situations? You don't have to give it in any sort of order, but what are a few situations you're keeping your keep an eye on in terms of uh, trying to stay ahead of people in, in your fantasy leagues? Yeah, that's um Matt Barnes, don't want to see if he makes some sort of jump over the next week. Maybe, you know, doesn't even have to be velocity related. I just want to see, just want to see him look like his old self with the, the, the breaking ball being the big swing and miss pitch that it used to be, which, you know, I'm not sure it's ever going to get back to that. But again, something to watch for. Um, I want to see, you know, what happens in Minnesota. I hope you know, Duran and just can take this role and run with it. And then we don't have, you know, any questions to ask because he's certainly better than Emilio Pagan, certainly better than Tyler Duffy. So I hope it's Duran time in Minnesota. And then I guess, you know, San Francisco, of course, like is something happened there? Is there some sort of consistency? Just don't want to see someone get two saves in a row. Possibly that would be nice. Um, and yeah, Cincinnati, what happens when Lucas Sims returns this weekend? Yeah, and I'll, I'll throw one more out there, and it's Tampa Bay. I want to see if Andrew Kittredge is the guy, or if um, we, you know, we yeah. were very excited about that. We thought he was going to be the guy, and we talked about it a little earlier. But I want to see if Cash makes him more of that guy, or if he's just uh, to get the big names out and move forward, if he's the fireman type. So that's something. Among those, and we mentioned it, Tanner Rainey. Let's see if the velocity comes back up and if he can be, um, if he emerges in that Washington pen. But I think that's a lot to keep an eye on. And, you know, you'll be able to try and stay ahead of your league mates if you notice some of these trends that we've talked about. But if you continue to want to stay ahead of your league mates, you can hit us up on Twitter. I am at Callan underscore Elslegger. You can find the show at on Twitter at in the pen pod, Rick, where they can, where can they find you on Twitter? If they need to ask you any reliever questions. I am Rick Graham on Twitter. There you go. And go to pitcherlist.com. You can find Rick's closer rankings. And I believe as you're listening to this on Wednesday, he will have his rankings for saves and holds. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Wednesday, Wednesday is holds. Thursday is holds when uh, Friday is saves and holds. So look out for the saves plus holds on this Friday. Perfect. And like we mentioned at the top of the show, if you want to have instant access to us and want to discuss things further, see us instantly breaking down the trends in bullpens, come on the Petrol PL Plus, join the Discord, hop in the conversation. But Rick, anything else you want to you wanna say before we wrap it up? No, you pretty... I mean, yeah, I want to echo the join PEL plus because there has been at the, the relief pitcher, you know, channel has been very active lately. It's, it's nice to see, you know, a lot of the talk around, you know, who's close and where, what type of usage people are getting. So yeah, I definitely, anyone who's like on the fence and needs help, you know, with their bullpen, you know, come, come join the, 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 the discord. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to wrap it up. So thank you for listening to this episode of In the Pen. I am Callan. He's Rick. Keep picking up those saves and holds, and we will see you next week on another episode of In the Pen. In the Pen.